Welcome to The Delling Ad with me, James Dellingpole, and I'm really excited about a very special event I've got coming up quite soon with our old friend, Clive DeCarl. This is my first, well, actually it's my second, I lie, or maybe my third, my third Dellingpole event outside London. And the smaller events are are, are really good. I mean, they don't have the crowds of the London events, but they're more intimate and you get more chance to spend quality time with James. Anyway, my special guest is Clive DeCarl. And if you turn up, you can discover all sorts of exciting things like is Clive's voice really as silky and yet sort of strangely nicotine stained as it sounds on on the podcast can he really be that laid back in in real life and of course maybe you want to ask him how you cure the big K the big K of course is something completely different from from cancer and as you know it's illegal to talk about any alternative methods of treating treating cancer but Clive can talk about all sorts of other conditions which are quite similar like the one beginning with K uh, and we'll talk about other things as well I think Clive is, is, is keen to talk about um, the battle for freedom and what we can do to escape the encroaching tyranny. Anyway, the event is in Dorset. I thought, you know, I'd give the, the, the South Coast a chance to experience the Dellingpod. And it's not far, it's outside, outside Poole at a, uh, a venue called the Hamworthy Club. If you, any of you know the Hamworthy Club. It kicks off about seven. It, I, I might change the time and make it a bit earlier. I don't know yet, but, but seven roughly. And it's on the 28th of July. I didn't even mention that, did I? I didn't mention the key detail. 28th of July. July. I'm going to put the booking details um, below. Uh, it's it, it's going to sell out fairly quickly. My events tend to. So I'd get in there quick if I were you. And I really look forward to meeting you. Um, those of you I've, I've met before. And those of you I've never had the, the joy of meeting. Anyway, it's going to be fun. Of course it's going to be fun. Look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to the Delingpot with me, James Delingpot. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's guest, but I'm not because before we say hello to him again, uh, a few words about about things I've got coming up. I'm really excited um, about seeing some of you, lots of you, I hope, at my at my event with Clive de Carl. Clive with his lovely silken, slightly nicotine stained voice in Dorset. And I hope that um, we, we'll have a chance to explore Hardy Country and meet lots of Dorset people. Maybe maybe PJ Harvey will turn up. Who knows? Um, maybe Tess of the Durbervilles. Who, who else comes from Dorset? D- definitely those two. Um, and it's just going to be great. It's got, I've got some other events coming up, which are really exciting. I mean, like with, with, with one name so huge, you're, you're just going to wet your pants. But that's in the future. If, uh, my, my nearest event is this thing, 28th of July in Dorset. You can find the um, Eventbrite advert below this um, podcast. And the smaller events are kind of, I think they're kind of nicer. The big events, they're a bit too huge. I don't, I don't get to see you all. But anyway, whatever. Do come along if you can. Um, now, 
Also, I've got an exciting new sponsor, which, you know what? This sponsor, the Pure Gold Company, they've been trying to get hold of me for ages. And I was so flaky that I just didn't, I didn't do anything about it. I didn't answer their emails or whatever. And they're the perfect sponsor because, okay, so we've got monetary metals where you can, you can the, the, the company uh, where you can own gold and get paid interest on it. But if you, if you want to own actual physical gold or have it in a vault, go to the Pure Gold Company via my, my link at the bottom. Um, I think that's, that's the, the, the housekeeping stuff. Um, now, who is this person, this, this guest, who I'm not excited about? It's Dick. It's Dick. Has it come around again so quickly? Has it been the usual sort of 10, 10 podcasts of then me? Or, or am I... I think uh, it has. I think it probably has. It, Why it are you... Sales you're by. quieter through my headphones than you are. I'm, I'm on sort of Apple things because I didn't like the great big cone things over my ears. Is it, is it working okay? Is it... Uh, well, you're just sounding... You're sounding quite quiet in my ears, but you might be sounding loud in... Are you using the actual horrible Apple mic? Yeah. In build? Yeah. What's yours on? You're on some sort of super duper? I've got some super duper thing. Oh, well. I've done this before, so it should be all right. I'll just speak a tiny bit louder. Okay, fine. Um, but I'm back. I'm well, here. Well, as usual, mm. as usual, we're catching up. We don't see each other because we don't, we don't really like each other anymore. It's a bit like... <laughs> we don't see each other like nearly you. as often as people seem to think we do. People keep saying, tell your brother. And I go, yeah, yeah, right. And then it's like, I don't think you realise how often we see each other or even speak to each other. Weeks will pass without us even having a phone call. So uh, when we oh, do sad. this, it I is do, genuinely I don't think that's catching right, Dick. up. It's not right. We're, we're brothers and we should see each other yeah, more. I know, but you're, you're busy. I'm busy. Time, time flies past. Mm. What can you mm. do? But do well, a podcast occasionally and let the whole world share the joy of two brothers talking shit. Okay. Well, I've got a story to tell you, Dick. I, I, I'm, pro I'm probably going to tell it on the, on the, the, the London calling as well. Um, so people may have heard it already by the time they hear this podcast, but it's, it's worth repeating. So all about my Twitter. Mm -hmm. Well, this is going to be the first thing I was going to ask you because I've been on to... Um, Ban the BBC, who's been doing some good delving for you. So big shout out to him. He's a lovely guy. I've met him IRL and he's been trying to find out what's been up. So I can fill you in on that later if you like. But yeah, people are okay. trying to make things well, work. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what my perspective is. So as you know, the wife is the last to know. Um, mm. And sure enough, loads of people were aware that my account had been hacked before I had. And... What seems to have happened is that some hackers working for some kind of doing promo. Apparently, this happens all the time. Doing promo for some Bitcoin or some some uh, crypto, which I hope collapses completely as a result of this uh, ape coin or something. They they hacked in to my um, my account because I hadn't changed my passwords because I don't like changing passwords because it's so hard for me to remember them. And obviously there'd been a data leak sometimes, as there always is. And they'd found their way into my Twitter using a, an old password, which I was still using. And then they changed the emails to one from my email to another one with Delling Pollen that they'd invented themselves. So I was locked out of my account. And from that point on, I couldn't get back in. They, and they were just spamming all my followers, you know, like 100,000 followers with their crap. And Twitter have been at 
absolutely useless. I mean, you know how difficult it is anyway, filling out, going through, the, negotiating their complaint system. I mean, mm -hmm. if I were to misgender somebody, I'd get cancelled in an instant. But when it comes to actually somebody taking my, is it intellectual properties? Anyway, so, so take, taking the 100,000 fans that I've, I've, I've built up over, over the years, my audience, all my, all my secret data, and you know, all my conversations and stuff, everything. Uh, Twitter just do not want to know. And uh, so I've, I've put in about three complaints so far to their help desk. And when I try and whenever I try and check on the progress of this, uh, you know, you get you get a complaint number saying we are sorry to hear that you've you've um, you've you're having trouble. Here's your here's your your number. And then I, I, I inquire what, how this is progressing and they say, your case has been closed. So that's three times in a row. So they just do not want to know. No. It, and I, I always wonder whether it's deliberate, whether they're actually, this is a way of getting rid of people like me through the back door. Because we know that Elon is not really as <laughs> Mr. Freedom of Speech, Mr. kind of Trump Easter, Mr. You know, he's well, just, he's just he's gone and appointed a WEF-aligned um, CEO, hasn't he? So, uh, and now it's a case yeah. of they're, they're going to instantly throw off anyone who makes any sort of a threat of violence, whether it's implied or um, hinted at or in any way. I mean, we know that you or I wouldn't threaten anyone with violence, but something we say might be interpreted as such. Um, and yeah. uh, it, it's only a matter of time before both of us are thrown off, I think. So you'll be back onto your um, Telegram or what have you. I'll be looking for another format altogether. I don't know, a getter or something like that. But I can't maintain more than one regular uh, social media platform. It, it's just, you know, there aren't enough hours in the day. So I know. Twitter people is my go-to. People say, oh, well, don't you think you should leave Twitter anyway? Blah, blah, blah. But that's not the point. You know, the people who are saying this haven't got 100,000... You know, even if I used it as a kind of promo device just to promo my latest podcasts and stuff, it's a way of reaching reaching people. Also, I've, I, didn't you find, whenever I've tried Getter and, and Gab, I know Gab is really sound, I know the guys, are, uh, Andrew Torbett's a Christian and, and all that, but it, it's, there's not enough um, grit in the oyster from annoying people to... to to sort of provoke one into saying into saying provocative things, you know, if everyone yeah, agrees, no, quite. it's kind of it's it's kind of like um, I, you, you know we we want to be um, on Earth where it is the uh, the realm of, of Satan and we're battling demons yes. and uh, we don't want to be floating around on a cloud in heaven just yet because the, yeah, the battle is yet. down on Earth, yeah. Yeah. One day, maybe. Yeah. But uh, right, right now, I, I want the cut and thrust and the sort of uh, the 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 general bants that you get out of uh, out of all the wrongens who are on Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Oh, and then I didn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. <laughs> so, have you just just um, talking God for a moment? Right. Have you noticed? Um, I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of sort of proper, you know, fully-fledged Christians who can correct me on this or have got their own views. But a thing I've noticed is that God quite likes it when you just make odd little random sacrifices for him. You do things just to please him. You sort of deny yourself things. So, okay, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, 
I was really looking forward to my morning fag with my coffee. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, you really want this fag and you're going to enjoy it. I know what you... <laughs> why don't you deny deny this yourself this fag as a gift to God? And and um, so so I, I did. And then... And then... <laughs> then I thought, well, God's going to give me give me a nice treat now to show you <laughs> he likes money for sex. Because that's how it and works. I thought, and then I thought... That is completely wrong. You do not ever, ever make bargains with God. He does things out of out of out of out of his his goodness. He loves you anyway. And if you are going to make a a little sacrifice, you you shouldn't do it in the spirit of all right, God. What are you going to give me now? Then that, mm. that's appalling. And mm-hmm. of course, because he sees all your thoughts, he knows this anyway. So he knows that. As I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to make another sacrifice to show that that I'm I'm not just trying to get get gifts out of him get free stuff I then I then denied myself looking at my iPhone all day and I announced this um, to the wife and she was obviously very happy about this because she hates me on the iPhone all day Mm -hmm. and so in order to distract myself from not being on the iPhone I, I did all these boring things like dealing with my password changes on my computer and then but then unfortunately I I thought well I need my Twitter back. How am I going to get my Twitter? It doesn't count as being on the phone. I just need to go about getting my Twitter back. And uh, one of my team of helpers had said, had sent me this this thing that people had posted on Twitter in my absence saying, here's a way you can get your Twitter back. There's a Russian hacker and you just go to this guy and he specialises in getting... <laughs> I, know, I know, you know where this is going. You know, you know. You know where this is going. So I thought, what? Well, it's got to be worth a shot. Twitter aren't <laughs> helping me. Maybe, maybe this guy can help me. So, so I, I, long story short, I, I contact this alleged Russian hacker. And I think, yeah, he's a Russian. He's going to know his shit. I mean, if, ever, if, if you want a hacker, make it a Russian hacker. And he had Russian, Russian Cyrillic scripts. So I thought, well, whatever it said. It probably said, I am a con artist. Anyone, if, if you fall for this, you are a complete. I kid. saw you coming um, in in Russian. He saw me coming, so so I I, 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 I contact this guy, and he says, "Yeah, he says I can help you. Uh, I just need um, seventy five dollars to get you know to get this this thing that to help you." And I think, well, seventy five dollars is only. 60 quid i mean i'm prepared to lose 60 quid just for the sake of an anecdote if this doesn't work you know so so i i i say yeah okay how do you want me to pay you and uh, i uh, so i i arranged to to pay him by paypal which i'm still using i know i shouldn't be but i i can't be asked to you know i mean i'm not perfect um and so i sent him this money to this account and he said he sends me this message back saying um uh, I don't want to use this because the money's gone through, but it's on hold. So I'm going to send it, uh, you know, when I need it now. So I'm going to send it back to you. And I say, right, fine. Well, I'll wait for the money to come back to me. And um, and then I'll send you some more wherever you want. So the money comes back. So I send it to the, to the send, I send him to a different account the next time. And uh, he says, um, uh, no, this is no good either. <laughs> I'm I'm going to send it back to you and and try a different one, and I say fine, I will send you the money when I've had the money returned into my account. And he said, 
you know, in this garbled English, I have tried send you money. I have sent you money. And then he sends me a kind of a an image of it, you know, how he's sent me the money. And I said, sure, but until it comes into my account, I'm not going to send you any more. And he says, okay, I, um, he says, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I don't want to rush things. I will give you five minutes. You wait five minutes. And then he says, has the money come back in, 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 in? I said, no, it still hasn't come back. And he said, well, you know, I sent you the money before. And I said, yeah, but I'm not going to, people would, I said, people are going to think I'm an idiot if I send you more money when I haven't had the, the original money back. So and then he starts he starts flipping and said, but but the place will close um, if, if you know where I, where I need to, to make this purchase. And I say, well, fine, you know, I'll wait till Monday. And he starts flipping. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. This person, I suspect, isn't altogether, <laughs> altogether sincere. <laughs> so so then he starts flying off the handle and starts making threats, saying, you know, I have got your IP address. Remember, I am a hacker. And for oh, a moment, I start shitting myself, thinking, oh, my God, I've, 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 what have I done? I've offended a hacker. And now my life is... A Russian thinking, hacker, no actually, less. If you were a hacker, if you were really good... It, it's basically just a scam I've fallen for. It wasn't a kind of... Mm-hmm. Nothing more than that. It's just a kind of... Anyway, um, I thought it was 60 quid's worth of story. I know some people will say, James is such an idiot. Such an idiot, you know, like, what, what a twat. It was a bit like when I got ripped off by the, the, the when I went to the garage that sold me the crap mm. car and I trusted mm. them because they had um, Muslim music playing in the background and I thought, well, they're people <laughs> of God, albeit Allah, um, you know. And people say, how can you trust you? They're the worst people. You were just a, a bloody idiot. But look, I'm, I'm not, you know, there are some people who are really good at this sort of thing, and they're normally lawyers, and they spend their whole lives counting their fingers. You know, they're terrible to play bridge with. I used to, we used to play bridge with some lawyers, and just they were so sort of graceless. There was no kind of give and take. It was just like everything had to be, you know, they, they weren't going to give you any leeway. They were just going to be legalistic about everything because that's what lawyers are like. And some of us are complete idiots. We can't help it. And I'm afraid, you know, I'm really good at other things, but I'm just not good at not being ripped off by Russian hackers. There it is. Right. I think people, the, the big the big thing people will say is you've got, you've uh, found the scam in all the things where nobody sees a scam, as in government, climate change, COVID and everything. And yet a really obvious scam you just fell straight into. But, um, do you all... know what? It's true. Do you, do you know, the thing is, what what they do it's it's it, it there's that old phrase if something is is too good to be true it is mm-hmm. um and so it certainly applies to things like financial advice you know somebody finds this amazing timeshare or this amazing crypto well actually yeah sometimes it can you can come good on crypto but often it doesn't um that that the, they play on your desires and my desire was Obviously, I want my Twitter account back, and I'll do anything. And, 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 yeah, yeah. and suddenly, a solution presents itself, and you and, and, and you all you think of is the end goal. You and you, you you're, the, you're I had exactly the same thing. When my Instagram account got hacked, and um, w- before you know it, they've changed your password, changed your email, sent themselves emails, changed the name of the account. They, they do this in a matter of moments. All of these things are, are put in place to protect your account. But the moment they've got in, and if they do this before you've reported it, 
everything's gone. And um, I, yeah. I never got my original Instagram account back. But I, I know the desperation that you're feeling at that time because Instagram themselves are completely uncontactable. All of these people are deliberately uncontactable. You, you can't speak to a person. It takes forever to get beyond just bots. Unless, of course, someone's yeah. been offended. And then there's a, practically a button to say, I am offended, I'd like to report this. But you try to report, well, you have done, try to report this account has been hacked. There isn't a button for that. You have to make out like something else has happened to get their attention. So, yeah, I feel your pain and I know why you were desperate enough to go to one of those things. But when I was trying to report your account as being hacked, there's bots looking for the word hacked and they immediately bombard you with, have you been hacked? I'm sorry to hear this. I've heard great things of such and such. Now, I received at least a dozen of those within a an hour of reporting your account as being hacked. And each one of them had about two or three followers and uh, yeah. an unlikely picture of an attractive girl. So um, I, I, I was just laughing at them. So obviously well, if I'd I'm seen the attractive girls, I think I would have, I would have had my, my faith reinforced that these yeah. were kosher <laughs> sites. <laughs> because you re Did it sound like an attractive girl you were talking to? No, it sounded like somebody whose English, English was his about fourth language. Mm. Uh, I don't, do you know what, Dick? I don't even believe he was Russian. I think he was lying about, about his right, I think, so um, I think he might even have been Nigerian. Is, is there anything you want people to do? Do you want people to carry on reporting your hacked account? Because this is, people are offering to help. Do you, do you want them to, to pile in on a well, campaign I mean, to get James well, reinstated and all of this sort of stuff? Yeah, what, what do you think my chances are of getting my account back? Pretty, well, you, pretty you, you need a groundswell and a constant a constant uh, presence. You need people talking about it because you'll be missed. If you decide to let this drop, you will be missed on Twitter. I'll have to end up fighting your your side for you and that, that will be a lonely foxhole. It will be. It mm. will be. But then we're, we're used to that. Yeah, I suppose. But, Being in lonely uh, foxholes. It, 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 you know, we're good on Twitter together. We can bounce stuff off each other and, and shit. Anyway... Let's talk about happier things. What, right. We, have we, is there anything happy we can talk about? Um, I'm, I've just come across, you know, my, I finished reading the New Testament in the King James yeah. Version. And I'm still reading Old Testament in the King James Version. And I'm, for New Testament, I'm reading this that uh, our father, who art in Malvern, gave me. Yeah. You know, mm. you're familiar with this mm. one? So, um, no. No, it's a C.S. Lewis Bible. It's got his annotations and things like that through, throughout it. It's a, it's a good one. So, um, but in Old Testament, I'm on Judges. Do you remember yeah. the, the standout parts of Judges? Do you no. remember what happens to Sisera when he goes into the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite? Something he's fleeing the bad happens. He, he's fleeing the battlefield. He's just been t taking on um, the Israelites, and it doesn't end yeah. well. And he's running away, and he comes across this tent where this woman uh, beckons him in, says, um, "Don't worry, I'm friendly. Come in here and rest and hide." And he comes in. She kills. She, she. I know. She, does she? Does she put a thing through his head? A tent peg through his head. And uh, yes, he, he asks for water. And she gives, she opens a bottle of milk, it says, which, so, you know, he's asked for, asked for water, he gets milk, and then he lies down to have a kip, because he shagged out, and um, 
hammers a metal tent peg through his head. I bet it's raw milk as well, so it would have been really good for him. It would survived. have been good for him, yeah, but it didn't do him much good ultimately, did it? Do you know but, what? The dog's just farted. Oh, that's great. I'm, well done. I'm inhaling dog fart <laughs> as we speak. Um, it, it's disappointing how quickly one forgets key sections um, in the... I mean, I tell you what, Dick, wait till you get to Elijah, and I'm currently on Ezekiel. Right. Ezekiel is just crazy stuff. Um, well, I, 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 the, I've enjoyed hugely. I was really looking forward to Revelation, and it didn't disappoint. So, you know, I'll get back round to that, and next time I'm reading uh, New Testament. But there obviously are boring bits that you have to plough your way through, like a lot of stuff in Numbers. In, but, you know, even Numbers, you, you, you get... Uh, I think that's you where get you bit. get talking donkeys and things like that. So, uh, the, oh, and giants. And the, the, there's good bits in all of them, but but it's like everything. You've got to you've got to plough through the the, the not so great bits to get the the standout bits. But it's very rewarding. It, you know, it's 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 fun. It's informative. It's great for your your soul and your faith. And um, I, I'm yeah, it's w w one of my pleasures in life. It's definitely not boring. I never I never find it a chore. I, in fact, I always look forward to my to my evening Bible readings. Hmm. Um, but sometimes it's, it's better than others, yeah. Y yes, it is. It is. Sometimes you get. Sometimes, especially if you're in, if you're reading the KJV, you, you get chapters that you just don't understand at all. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah. And you and I sometimes think, shall I reach across to get my NIV version that James Fox? rather sweetly gave me uh, and he thinks I don't like it or, or I'm down on it it's not that I just like you know I'm, I'll probably read that one when I read the, on my next version of the but what I'm saying is that it's if you're reading it in bed you know, do I really want to reach into my bedside cupboard and it feels find too much like you're doing research rather than just reading yeah isn't it? yeah so you just sort of you just sort of plow on anyway I, Ezekiel is is weird Especially when, when it starts off with it, they, they, they all the prophets do have these. Well, they have these crazy visions. I'm, I'm the one I'm looking forward to is is Daniel, mm -hmm. where we get to meet the Prince of Persia and all that stuff, all right. which explains a lot, I think. You know about that? I don't know about the, Prince the of Persia except as a video game. Yeah, well, exactly. That's how they 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 sort of colonise it, don't they? They, they, they? This is how. The entertainment industry sort of takes things from the Bible and sort of corrupts it as part of mm. its satanic mission to corrupt the world. Talking of which, have you seen the, have you seen the, the Sparkle Creed? No. You know the Apostles' Creed? Well, there's some yes. blue-haired lesbian trans vicar somewhere who's come up yes. with a much nicer, more up-to-date version of the Apostles' Creed, okay? Brilliant, because that's you, what God wanted, I'm it, sure. It needs yeah, updating. He was thinking, if only somebody would, would, would update this old-fashioned shit. Because <laughs> it's so <laughs> out of date. It's barely relevant at all anymore, you know, stating what your beliefs are. So obviously it needed to be more inclusive. And um, someone has come up, this, this particular priest has come up with a, a sparkle creed but look it up I, I i don't i don't i haven't got the url or anything but 
she's reciting it and she's got a whole congregation reciting along with it and it is just you couldn't make it up if it had been a, a python or not in the nine o'clock news sketch you, you'd just laugh at it but it's for real this is what we're up against a completely captured church we, we the, yeah. honestly it's uh it's dead in the water there's going to be a massive schism and whoever starts up be it gafcon or whatever what you know, one of calvin robinson's thing if anyone starts up a, a church that's legit and traditional and gospel based it's going to do so well uh yeah yeah i guess although so what do you think about it have you been have you heard about this the guy who runs an evangelical church who claims never to have had sex with anything not a not a not a human or a vegetable or anything and <laughs> why would he I state it like that well this is part of his, his spiel when right. he goes on the road um mm. i can't remember soul survivor is it that's his mission right and i think it's massively big on the evangelical service and uh, circuit and they used to have a um, a festival, which I think the last one was in was was a few years ago. But anyway, the, there have been these rumours going around for some time that he's not quite as chaste as as he as he claims to have been, or rather, um, he likes giving twenty minute massages, which uh, with oil, which culminate in a in a in a in a sort of a fight, a sort of joke fight, and um, and he likes to sort of particularly with with, with handsome young men um and one of the young men that he did this to is one of the world's most successful gospel singers who now mm -hmm. lives in california and is is huge but it was, was is english um and this guy the, the singer has come out and said no he did it to me as well and there's this big but i think so, so this, this is why i'm thinking well what is it about christian movements which tend to end up in this way i think it's, i suppose it's when money becomes involved and they they start uh they start becoming the thing they hate um i mean I, i've been thinking a fair bit about this whole money being the, the root of all evil thing and I, i'm sometimes i'm glad i haven't got lots of it because it's love it, of money dick it's not money yeah i suppose but um well, no, yeah. no. I'm, I'm, it, technically, biblically, it is love of money. I'm not. I, it's not some stuff I made up. You, okay, but so you can have lots of it, and you can still get to heaven. But having having lots of it is going to be problematic in its own right, isn't it? If, yes. If, if you've started making money through your ministry, the temptations are going to be there, aren't they? Yes. And a lot of well, them fall it, to it corruption. It comes down to that chapter from that. that, that passage from matthew lay not up for yourselves treasures on mm. treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves yeah. break through and steal you know yeah. because because it, it stops you it stops you thinking about about the spiritual life it stops you thinking about heaven that's that that's that's the deal so if you keep obsessing about how your bitcoin how your crypto holding is doing that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not thinking of the higher things are you no so anyway, there's that. Yes. Um, well, I'm, do you know what? I, I, I've been distracted. But do you know right. what? I'm going to be. It's I'm going to get. I'm again. going to get grief right. from the bit earlier on where I I I had God 
using the word S-H-I-T. And, and there's going to I bet you there's going to be one or two listeners who are going to go, this is it, it, blasphemous, blah, blah, mm. blah. And... <laughs> what can you do about it? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I was read. I've been lent this book, and it's going to be a pointless thing, me even starting this, because I can't remember the author. But um, it, it's an, a series of novels, and it's... The the hit the heroine is a young female C of E priest. Yeah, she's a single mm. mum because well she's a widow. Her husband died, and um, she is based in Hereford, and she inadvertently finds herself nominated as the um, the parish's new exorcist. Yeah, and she d- goes to yeah. Brecon for her exorcism training. And uh, she doesn't like it, and it's no job for a woman, and it, it, it's all a bit nasty. She's um, kind of about to fall prey to a trendy new uh, bishop in, in, in Hereford. It's really good. It's got all the characters. It seems to be very pro-church. But one of the things she says is she allows herself to say Jesus Christ when something appalling has happened. You know, in the same way that a lot of the time you'd find yourself not wanting to say it because her justification is it keeps the name out there and alive. So I think it's a perfectly good justification for for what seems like blaspheming, uh, but but kind of isn't because you're invoking the name. So in the same way, I think, you, you know, we're... We're generally speaking good people, and, and everything we say comes from a good place and is meant well. Yes, so, so we make mistakes. We make I mean, mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think people, I, I hope people won't judge me too harshly for that, that moment, which was, I, and I hope God doesn't get too cross with me. I think, he, I think he'll forgive me for putting, after all, there is a scene in, in um, Ezekiel where God tells Ezekiel, I want, to, I want you to eat this diet and I want you to mix up this, um, this mix of seeds and stuff with human poo and eat it. And yeah, <laughs> this is true, this is actually in the Bible. And um, <laughs> as a symbol, by doing so, by eating this before the Israelites, you are going to be demonstrating to them just how much they have defiled my name. Um, and Ezekiel says, oh, "I don't like. I don't want to eat human poo." I don't poo. like poo, and it's this, it's disgusting, or something like that. And and God <laughs> says, "Oh, all right then, you can eat cow poo instead." <laughs> I know. I I couldn't believe it. It's it's. It reminds me a bit of the the scene where another God shows his displeasure to oh, the Philistines or the Canaanites or something. By giving them terrible piles, all right, or emeralds as they're described in the Bible, all right, in the, in Good the King word. James emeralds, I hemorrhoids. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Talking of diet, and this has, has, has neatly segued us on. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you're you're in and out of your keto things, and you're talk, you're talking a lot about gut health and all of this sort of stuff. Yes, and you had that story you told me the other day on one of our rare phone calls. Talking yeah. about pooing out that black rubbery material, but the, the, oh, the you can dick! Uh, yeah. This is my new mission. It's called the mucoid plaque. 
<laughs> should, I, should I explain to, to, to the... Look, well, hope, now we're on to it and you're I, so passionate about it. You can, you can delay my little story, which has got nothing on your mucoid plaque. So okay. hit okay. us with your mucoid so plaque. I've been reading this very good book by Sharkling, which he very kindly sent me. It's absolutely, it's brilliant. It's called The Mercury Diaries. And for anyone, anyone else who's been sort of plagued with health problems like me, um, it's, it's, it, it, he goes through all the things and tries everything out. And it's quite a good, good book to read before um, you make mistakes. I mean, for example, he's, it, it's called The Mercury Diaries because it's about the damage done by amalgam fillings. And, and one of the things he says was, I don't regret many things. In my, I don't regret anything in my life apart from one thing, and that is getting my mercury fillings out without getting them done by a by a holistic dentist with all the mm, equipment. Right, blimey! Uh, um, which is good advice, um, and I, advice which I went against and, and, and felt pretty pretty rotten afterwards. Anyway, um, he's there's a bit where he says, "Look, you can try all these things, all these amazing different." potions and stuff to sort out your your problems but the first thing you have to address is gut health and you know we've all got a vague idea about what gut health is yeah it means you know like taking kefir and stuff like that um but he describes his adventures with something called a mucoid plaque and a mucoid plaque is this it's like a kind of the inner tube of a bicycle tire lining your intestine um so we're meant to have mucus lining our intestine and it's good and it helps us absorb nutrients and stuff but the mucoid plaque gets in the way it's this accumulated crap which just builds up and it's it's full of these toxins and stuff and it stops your stops your body absorbing all the nutrients that 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 um it wants to absorb and it can't because the mucoid plaque's there so clearly, uh, you want to get rid of it, right? And because uh, conventional medicine denies mucoid plaques exist, but if you Google mucoid plaque, you will find loads and loads of grisly photographs of people's mucoid plaques that they, they got rid of. So I'm, I instantly thought, this is my new obsession. I want to get rid of my mucoid plaque. I want to see this, this stuff come out and, and, and restore my... Because apparently I feel great afterwards. So uh, I started you know, glancing around you know, in, my, in my stupid way, wondering how... You know, am I going to go on a three-day fast? Am I going to take the seven-day juice fast where you, drink, you do nothing but drink fruit juice? And I'm thinking, actually... What would that do to your teeth? And what would that do to your... Well, it would completely ruin your keto diet, for one thing, because it would be the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing on keto. You know, you're having loads of sugar and stuff and loads of... Maybe it would work. And then I discovered a shortcut. There is this, this company somewhere abroad, I don't know where. It could be a scam. It could be... It could be Russia. Run by, it could be run by the same guy. <laughs> Uh, hello, it's me again. But, but fingers crossed. To, a few, a few of my sharklings say they've tried it and it does actually work. And it costs. It's quite expensive. I won't tell you how much it is. Because until it works, I, I, I don't want to. Hey, listen, you can you can use the money that your Russian hacker sent back to you. <laughs> so, so, uh, apparently. You take this stuff, what, I don't know what it is, but it's all natural, so they say. 
and you you spend like 24 hours maybe 48 hours of or you, you probably get the initial earthquake and then you get the aftershock so the 24 hours are just pure poo hell just just kind of you <laughs> where do i sign i'm in <laughs> So <laughs> I tell you what, fantastic. I'm going to make sure I, I I take it on the day after I've been riding rather than on my riding day. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> or probably not just before your Clive de Carl session or, or anything. Yeah. Anything close so, to when you're going to have your audience with you. But I'm figuring, what is the point of it? Okay, so Clive has sent me this new stuff, which, I, which, it, which, it, which he speaks very highly of, well, the new thing called Methylene Blue. Right. But I'm not going to take the methylene blue until I've got rid of the, the mucoid plaque. Because it'd be a waste, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, you, you want to know which, which medicine is doing what. But uh, I, <laughs> I think you should uh, live stream your um, poo hell as it happens. So it'd be fascinating. Do you, do, do you think there'd be many takers? I think it could be a, a high-tier Patreon thing only, maybe. Special uh, treat be, for you. Uh, if I could have us come to an arrangement with the um, with the mucoid plaque company, yeah, and you know a sort of, <laughs> I can just see John Peel announcing that he's got the latest latest seven inch from mucoid plaque, and <laughs> we'll be playing that <laughs> later. <laughs> Apparently, it's more than you seven should... inches, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's at least a twelve inch mucoid plaque. I've got the latest twelve inch from <laughs> mucoid plaque. Yeah, uh, it's the extended, well, it, or, or, the club, club remix, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, uh... <laughs> but, well, my... Um, my... Yeah, so, we, the, actually, what, what we could do is have a kind of a, 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 a poo-a-thon. Yeah. Where, where people do it on a particular day, and everyone yeah. sort of compares notes. It's almost like taking the Kool-Aid together, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well... <laughs> Yeah. Let me know. I know anyway, it's near your life. Tell I'm, me. Tell this me. This is far more important. Not, not I've got quite a, as interesting. Story. I've got a horrible dog here. Look at him. Yeah, but he's not farting, is he? No, but he's telling me that it's lunchtime. Let me. Let me. You can say hello to Uncle James. No, he's not interested. Oh well. It's a star appearance. I tell you what. Talking briefly of, of lunch. Yeah. So I had my keto breakfast of bacon, egg, and then sorry. I bought a ham on. Oh, you've done that buying the whole thing, have you? The problem about ham ons is it on a nice wooden stand. It takes much longer to cut to carve them than it does to eat them. Right. So I spent hours carving these little shavings off, and and, and I did a plate for for enough for for two days, Mm -hmm. and then I had my eggs, and I realised that without bread. I kind of needed more meat to go with them. So I had all the two days worth of, of ham on. Mm. And now I'm thinking, what can I have for lunch? And you know what, do you know what the options are? Cheese? Well, cheese and salad, cheese and salad, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, that's no bad anyway, thing. So I mean, that that is the problem when you've eliminated the bread. It, you do miss it terribly. So my story about diet was this new chap who's turned up at um, just the regular Wednesday drinks in Worcester. He saw me in um, Wayland's Yard, which is a a bit of a hipster cafe in Worcester that I favour, that does a very good breakfast. And uh, he recognised me and he said, oh, I'd love to come along to one of your drinks one time. So he came along. Dick, Dick. Yeah? Dick, can I hold you there? Yeah. 
I need a piss. Can I? Can I, just, I, I, I Are we pausing? I promise you. Hold Are you the, pausing? Hold it? the story. <laughs> right, so Lemmy, this is just you and me. This is the Dick and Lemmy show, yeah? So what do you want? Did you want your lunch? Or did you want your ears scratching? Because I can't give you a lunch just now. Go and bother Oliver. Go and tell him. No? Hmm. What's Walker doing? Is she back at the house? I hope he does pause this because it will be very, very boring for the viewers. Sorry about that. I wanted to, oh, the dog's farted again. Oh, blimey. Oh. Where is your I, dog? I, I, it's, it's underneath my feet. Oh, okay. So. We've both got dogs oh, at our blimey. feet. How sweet. Oh, yeah. So, um, sorry, sorry about that. I wanted to give your Aunt Jed its full attention. I didn't want to be wriggling okay. like I do. Right. So he turns up okay. and he's, um, uh, he just dropped into the the conversation and he was quite relaxed and, wanted to get his story about what sent him down the rabbit hole, what woke him up. Because anyone who joins, you want to know what it was particularly that was their thing. Yeah. And his was essentially diet. Because he um, was a professional rugby player, as it turns out. He said he'd considered two careers. One, he wanted to be in the Marines or an accountant. I said, oh, well, that's a bit different. Which one did you go for? He said, neither. I... I I ended up as a professional rugby player. And he beat type 1 diabetes with, essentially, keto. He'd been quite impressed with this keto guy who'd, um, who'd got um, uh, Navy SEALs in America to improve their health with keto. And he got, had great results. And um, so through his own research and his own trial and error, he managed to get his in injections of insulin, the, the need for insulin, way down through diet and a lot of fasting as well. Now, he regularly does one-day fasts, and I think once a year he does a three-day fast. And he says, by the end of your third day, you're not even interested in food. You've completely retrained your gut. And he was talking about the really strong link between brain and gut and how your gut is constantly telling your brain that you need things that you don't necessarily need, you know, the bad things that you're hooked on, like crisps and what have you, and chocolate, and all the things that, by resetting your body, by doing a fast, you are kind of taking control, you're taking back the reins. And so with a combination of essentially keto and fasting, he, his health just went through the roof you know his performance in rugby and he was being told 
whenever he was advocating this diet for type 1 diabetes, he said, no, this is totally wrong. This is against conventional teaching. What you are advocating is dangerous. And uh, so he, he came up against the blob in that way. And that was his wake-up call to, uh, to, to everything else that we're being lied to about. Stuff that was self-evidently working and right, that you are told is wrong. Um, yeah, so he, he, he woke up to everything else at, um, shortly after, which was uh, um, uh, the first time I've heard diet as being the, the, the thing, you know, the red pilling event. But yes. everyone is on to diet at the moment. Everyone's on, on, you know, looking at the benefits of things like keto, cutting out seed oils a la um, uh, Hunter and Gather. I asked him about Hunter and Gather. He said he'd been on to their products for ages and absolutely loves them. So that's another little plug for our, our friends over at Hunter and Gather. That one's on us. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, well, um, he, he got yes. me thinking. And, and so he said, don't jump into fasting straight away. Do things like skipping breakfast and, you know, therefore extending your intermittent fasting level. If, if you haven't eaten since seven o'clock the night before, and you skip breakfast and have a late lunch, you've got a sort of 18-hour gap of not having eaten, which is, which is yes. a pretty good start. But... <laughs> but? Go on, you're going to tell gets... me why this is bollocks now. Well, it's like this. I, I've heard much about the importance of intermittent fasting and about insulin levels and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I, I spent a fortnight intermittent fasting and didn't miss my breakfast one bit. Mm -hmm. um, and because one of the things about doing keto is you don't really have much of an appetite. You just pretty much lose it. Um, because you know, you're, you're no longer a slave to your your need for sugars. Because you, you, you this is what he was talking about retraining the brain gut um, relationship. So then somebody contacts me um, who is a, a a personal health trainer who's very interested in this kind of thing and is very big on diet. And he said to me, "Look, it's not as simple as one one size fits all. You know, the the diet that is right for everyone." He said. Some people naturally put on weight. He said, I suspect you're one of those people who naturally doesn't put on weight and actually quite often naturally loses weight. You know, the, I'm one of those people that uh, after Christmas, I'm, I'm lighter than I was before Christmas. And he said, I expect you're one of, the, one of those. And I said, yeah, well, I probably am. He said, well, you really shouldn't be doing things where you're reducing your calorie intake that dramatically. He said, it's fine for you to do maybe a 24-hour fast once a fortnight to get the benefits from it. But actually, if I were you, I would not be doing intermittent fasting because it's possibly counterproductive. So I've, on his advice, and he could be wrong, but I, I'm not suffering so far, I've gone back to eating breakfast, which has the bonus of, of making the wife happy because she eats breakfast. And I think it doesn't make her happy to have you know this, this void where her husband used to be. Hmm. Um, it, sitting next to her eating eating breakfast. What I've also noticed it, since going on the keto is when I try and cheat by I just try, I, because I, I'm not, I don't want to be on it forever and I want to see what what, what works and what doesn't. So I've, I had some I had some full fat yogurt the other day, um, which I thought would be not too un keto, um, but I don't think yogurt is ideal. Um, and I had a really weird reaction to it. I felt like 
like in the next two hours, I felt really quite rotten and, and bilious. And I thought, yogurt? Greek yogurt? What's, what's wrong with Greek yogurt? So I asked this guy and he said, yeah, probably you were never, you were never um, really tolerant to, sorry, that yogurt has probably got stuff in it that, that it that, that your body doesn't like. But what you did was you built up a tolerance for it so that when you had it every day for breakfast with fruit, it probably had no effect. But that wasn't a sign that that it's not uh, that, that it's good for you. It's a sign simply that your body had developed a, a, a tolerance for it. Um, I think this is what you find when you do these kind of these extreme diets like keto. You discover that the things you've been eating actually um, you, you have an intolerance for them. Well, in an ideal world, each of us would spend a fortune on an expensive test and be, be told exactly, you know, a, a gut test to see what it is you're lacking, what would be the ideal thing for you. That would be run by Big Pharma. Well, the, the, um, there's a lot of these tests around that can be done and you, you can answer all your dietary need problems with them, but who, who's got the money or the time or the inclination? And as you say, it's really antisocial to be on special diets when those around you simply aren't going to be going along on the same journey so uh yeah yeah and also i was thinking about this so imagine imagine going to on holiday for a week to greece mm. and because you're on a stupid diet you can't eat squid in batter you i was can't, about so you to can't say calamari. calamari that was the first thing i was going to say you, you might as well have, go home <laughs> you can't have misaka mm. Uh, or misaka, as it's probably more correctly pronounced. You can't have. Well, I, I, no, it's, it's not pronounced gyros, but you know, whatever you have, you pronounce it. You can't have any of those delicious sort of pitta wrap things. Mm. You can't have um, hummus. You can't like. Yeah, what, what kind of life is that? Are yeah, you going to sit there smugly eating chunks of of of, of lamb, saying, "Oh." But I'm superior because I'm on my special carnivore diet, or you know, I feel so much better. Well, maybe you do feel better, but it's like, it's like the people who don't smoke. I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure I want to be that healthy. I feel the same about those who are currently giving up alcohol, and it's kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, sure, it's better for you, but you're going to be a real bore to hang around with, especially down the pub. And I do all my best talking down the pub, so um, you know, that's not going to happen in, in any time soon. Um, no. But before we finish, tell me about Brian Gerrish. <laughs> the question you failed to ask him. Promise, this joke is is the nichest of, of niche jokes. <laughs> so we ought to explain to people what happened so that they understand the Brian Gerrish. Put your hat on Brian Gerrish. So Put a hat on the Brian home. Gerrish. Put the hat on. A, a so hat, not a, the hat. Put a hat, a, any hat will do. Yeah. So at the Hope Festival last year, which was utterly brilliant, it was, a, it was just really fun, and and I I do recommend people book tickets for it. It's just it's just fantastic, like being in a field with the, with the loveliest people, run by the loveliest people. It's just really good. It's in it's in East Sussex, and we were there and doing a a, a Delling pod, Dick and James live. We eventually got it together. And among those there, along with Danny Rampling, <laughs> was Brian Gerrish of UK Column fame. And I never, we'd never met Brian before, had we? 
We hadn't, no. Um, it was, it was a, a joy to see him there. It was very exciting. It was very exciting to meet him. Um, and uh, I dimly remembered that before he became a kind of freedom fighter and exposing everything on UK column, he'd been in the Navy. I thought he'd been in, in the submarine service. Um, although I discovered recently on the podcast when I, I told him this, he said, no, I, I, I wasn't in the submarine. I was in the anti-submarine service. Well, or something like that. <laughs> Which I said, what, what's he got against submarines? just he just hates them dick he absolutely <laughs> hates just he's i think he was traumatized yeah. by some incident it, probably in in, in the bath as yeah. a child probably with one of those ones one of you can put alka-seltzer in them and they die yes. and the, yeah he would have ha- his generation would have had them yeah and it probably didn't work no and it's quite and it, <laughs> quite traumatic he never, ever forgave submarines for it. So thereafter, he's in charge of kind of anti-submarine warfare, depth charges and things like that. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Um, can you remember? So, so we were talking to him. Mm. And how did the... How did the it's the, down the, the to song... the very naughty uh, Charlotte um, Baroness of Bolton. Um, and uh, she, we were all... Well, I was wearing a silly hat at the time. I was wearing a... a the, the pith helmet, actually, that's sitting right there above my head. Yeah. Um, and as you do on a hot summer's day, an Englishman needs to keep the sun off his bald head. And um, I think Charlotte got in her in head that we had to put this hat on, on Brian Gerrish. And we were kind of kind of off our faces to some degree uh, for much oh, of that weekend. Case, we were. And um, so obviously this made a lot more sense back then. But then the, the the obsession with getting Brian to wear my hat that had a theme tune written for it and by Charlotte and it went something along the lines of put a hat on Brian Garish put, put a hat on Brian Garish. So yeah, uh, did. these things take on a life of their own, don't they? Obviously, a lot hard we. A lot funnier at the time. No matter how hard we tried, we could, we could never persuade him to put the hat on. No. He was, just, he was very resistant. And that was when I developed the story that, that in, during his time in the submarine service, he had had some traumatic incident, a bit like the one in his bath with the, with the Alcacel submarine, submarine yeah. where somebody had tried to make him wear a hat. Against his will. Against his will. And... He'd done it then, but he was never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. He was free of this obligation to wear hats. A bit anyway, like... Can the, you the, imagine if I tried to explain that story to him on the podcast? So, I, Brian, no, I, I'm he, glad I've got you. But before, we, before I ask you about, <laughs> about Common Purpose and UK Column, can I just tell you this funny story involving <laughs> you? You'd have lost him, definitely. No. He, he's, uh, and he wouldn't deserve it. It wouldn't have been right. Well, it, exactly. He he deserves our respect. He does. Do you know about um, the, um, the the British um, guards officer who closed the gates at Hougamont during the Battle of Waterloo? The very huge man. No, he, that was um, Sapper Le Gros, who who was the French sapper who who smashed the the the, the doors open. But there was, and I think, was he really name. called Le Gros? Hmm? That's nominative determinism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was be. really, that was his surname? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And he was um, a giant? He was a giant. 
uh, wielding a massive axe. So no wonder he got his way through. But obviously the British are holding the, the, the fortified farm at Hougamont, where I've been many times, and it's a fantastic place. You and fought there. The, they, um, the French managed to break in with, with uh, Sapper Le Gros, and uh, they were eventually expelled from this yard after much bloody fighting. But there was the British officer who managed to bar the gate again at Hougamont, um, for which he was um, given a medal or a promotion or some such. But for the rest of his life, legend has it that he never closed another door behind him because he'd done all his door closing during the Battle of Waterloo. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing that to Brian and, and his hat wearing. He's done, he's done all his hat wearing. No more for him. But I wonder Even if... Even though that I, was a tortured analogy, I'm glad... Uh, thank you for sharing it, that historical... One of the few bits of history that we can probably more or less trust, maybe. Um, I, I think we can trust what we want, but it's, it's, it's probably complete bollocks. But it's a lovely story. Just think, Dick. Mm. If, if we believed in, in normie history, mm. we could be having a podcast... Um, produced by Gary Lineker's production company mm. and we could be making absolutely gazillions mm -hmm. for our podcasting. Yeah. We could call it um, Dick and James's... True History. True History. Um, project. Or Project. <laughs> What's that? It's that some shit already. Yeah, but... But I tell you what, the, the, the appetite of normies for, 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 for made-up history shit that they've been told about is just, like, endless. Have you, have you done Hadrian's Wall before? What, is that not true? Well, no, no it's true, but um, it's, well, it's, there's a wall up there because I've just come back for a bit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can visit one of the Russian, Russian, one of the Roman <laughs> forts up there. And um, I, I went with my boy... And um, we, yeah. it's called Vindolanda. And it was a, a massive Russian... Russian! Stop with the Russian already! A massive Roman fort that was there for hundreds of years. And there's many yeah. iterations of it. And they found out that each time they wanted to build a new fort and update it, they just demolished the old thing, leveled it, ground it into, into small rocks, and then built on top of that and used the old one as the foundation. So it makes it quite interesting for archaeologists when they're trying to dig through the layers. And so you get to visit this site, and there's archaeologists working on it even as we speak. Uh, and you go around it, and there's a guide to show you all the underfloor heating. And you can see the footprints. There's about knee-high walls around the whole site, and it's absolutely fascinating. And they tell you things about, like, how... Not all Romans came from Rome. I mean, duh, obviously. But the, the Romans who built Hadrian's Wall and guarded it, do you know where they were recruited from? Um, because they wouldn't have used locals because you don't want to get the locals doing your dirty work because they'll probably betray you. And not all Romans can come from Rome because you pretty soon run out of them. So they're taken from well, elsewhere in the empire. I'm going to guess, just because for... for woke reasons they're going to claim it they came from nubia no they th think asterisk gaul yeah they were all from gaul the romans that they brought up for that area okay yeah that's a sort of an interesting little factoid and obviously as i'm hearing all this on the guided tour 
part of me is going, I wonder how much of this is complete bollocks. But part of it's got to be true. I mean, they, they, th th there's things like they've excavated various um, accommodation blocks and things like that. They know how the soldiers lived. They know they lived eight to a hut for infantry and three to a hut for cavalry. But they were with their horses. They had to... Um, uh, hunker down with their horses. It's going to be very cold up there in the winter. I wouldn't so you'd be mind quite that. grateful for the horse. Uh, I'd be happy to sleep with the horse. No, no, they'd, they'd, um, it would certainly be uh, warmer than not sleeping with your horse. But uh, anyway, all of this stuff, endlessly fascinating. You can be as cynical as you like about whether or not it happened, but endlessly fascinating stuff anyway. So I do recommend a visit to, to Vindolanda. I haven't got any big um, punchline for this particular story, but... It's just a case of knowing that most of what we know, what we're told is bollocks. You have to sort of just try and be a little bit discerning about it. But knowing that the Roman zeal yes. from Gaul was an interesting little uh, sideline. I just, I wonder if you slept with your horse, if he sort of rolled over in the night. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're going to end up being that close. I guess it's going to be like the, the medieval arrangement where you're on a ledge, a sort of mezzanine-type ledge above oh, your horses yeah. and you're relying on their heat coming up from you. But when you're spooning a horse, who, who, who's well, spooning again? I was thinking of spooning, and I was thinking, actually, because I've been in, I've been in Barnaby's stable when he's lying on the ground. Yeah. And when Did he gets up, and, it, and it's really, well, it's like... That horses are really crap at getting up. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, and, and, <laughs> Imagine and if they need to get, out get of the way. a night for a pee. Yeah. And you end up getting a hoof in the bollocks. Not good. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Don't yeah. spoon okay. with horses. Well, it looks like it's time for me to go and have my cheese and salad. Oh, lucky you. Don't, don't go might, keto. I, I might it's peel just... the potatoes for our lovely roast potatoes. And I'm probably oh, going to go it. and buy myself stop a it. steak. I think we can agree okay. on the steak bit, though. Yeah, we can. We can. All right. Well, um, lots of love. Have a good yeah. rest of the day. Okay, then, brother. And, and loving audience. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, lovely audience. Bye.